3: Hello, this is Roger Daltrey of The Who, and you're listening to The Real Me Podcast. (laughs) Presented by Teen Cancer America and produced by Pantheon Podcasts. Teen Cancer America has made an enormous impact on the lives of young people with cancer. We recognize that this age group are too old to be treated as children, but too young to be treated as older adults making the in-between years difficult at the best of times. For 31 years, Pete Townsend and I have supported the Teenage Cancer Trust in the UK. Seeing the benefits that our specialist zones and programmes delivered for young people in hospitals, made us determined to bring this idea across the pond to form Teen Cancer America. What you are about to hear are the authentic stories on how music can help teens and young adults Process their experience as they fight this deadly disease. We support them by giving them the opportunity to work with professional musicians to develop an original song from concept to fully produced recording. Join us as we hear their personal stories and reveal their real selves through the power of music. This is The Real Me.
0: Welcome. This is the Real Me podcast from Teen Cancer America in partnership with Pantheon Podcasts. I'm your host, Aaron Alden. Just a little bit about me I'm a singer, songwriter, producer in the recording industry, a TV and film veteran, and I am your podcast host each episode we will shine a light on tca's remarkable play it back program giving adolescents and young adults or aya cancer survivors the opportunity to rock today we are joined in the studio with our musical director kenley mattis and our guest is play it back artist sage escalante Sage is a singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist. Let me say that again, multi-instrumentalist, which basically means she does everything. She will speak about her rare cancer diagnosis and subsequently an immediate flight from Los Angeles to New York to seek treatment with a specialist. And we will also take a listen to her song, Just Drive. This girl is one talented musician. You are going to love it and love her. So let's get started. First up, let's speak with Kenley Mattis. Hey, Kenley, how is everything?
2: Hey, Aaron, everything is good. Um, What's the
0: latest news? I'm always so excited to ask what you're up to.
2: Yeah, there's always something going on. So, uh, you know, off the top of my head, a few things are... Um we are doing an event, which I know that people will be hearing this probably after the event has happened, but it's still pretty exciting to think about it that we're finally getting back to events now that COVID is a little more under control. And um so there's a polo event that Teen Cancer America is holding at Will Rogers uh, Park in L.A. here, and we played it. Two years ago, with one of the playback artists, where we performed a live song with this great artist, Sean Jacobs, who's from South Africa. And this time we're having Samantha Diaz, um, who's going to perform a bunch of um, originals and covers, and I'm going to accompany her, and that should be really fun. And it's going to be a smaller event because of COVID, but it's just exciting to get back to a live performance, which isn't always yeah. the focus of what we do, but it is kind of an you know, an offshoot of like, of writing songs. And then you get out there and you, you know, perform them. It's really fun and a whole new experience for a lot of people. So that's great. And How then,
0: exciting. And that's such a beautiful place too. Will Rogers Park is beautiful. Yeah, Very close to the ocean. Um, if if you want to look it up, look it up because it's amazing. Uh, and Polo is so beautiful too. Cool.
2: Yeah. And then also in really uh, something that's really exciting that's been brewing for a long time is... Our, our first playback artist, um, his name was Gian Meta. He passed away um, a little, a, a bit ago now, but he was a very talented singer-songwriter. And um, Benny Blanco, uh, you know, really was a fan of his stuff and really wanted to, um, to honor his memory and release his music on Universal Records. So we just got that, you know, sort of got, starting to get that going again and just need to get some mixes going and then they're going to release the record. So that's exciting.
0: That is so beautiful. What a great way to continue to keep his legacy alive forever. Thank you to Benny. And once we get further into the series as well, um, some of the names that we're discussing now, you as the listener will get a chance to learn about them. And, um, you know, each, obviously each, each episode is a different story. And that's a story that we will be sharing with you uh, later on in the program. So I'm, that's really, really touching and very exciting. I'm happy to hear that.
2: Yeah, it's great.
0: Cool. Well, and just as exciting, our guest today, I've been dying to talk to ever since I heard her song. So I want to bring her on right now. Her name is Sage Escalante. And I feel like when I say that, I feel like I'm introducing you to the big stadium. You know, it's your big show. And it's like, everybody, welcome. It's Sage Escalante. But (laughs) here you are. And I'm so happy to introduce
1: you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, this is going to be fun, and, and I'm very interested in, in listening to your story. So first of all, let me start now by asking, what type of cancer do you have, and how old were you when you were first diagnosed?
1: Okay, so um, I was diagnosed with a very rare sarcoma cancer in my rib cage when I was 12, and I'm 17 now, so I'm coming up in my five years cancer-free in November, so that's a huge deal. Um, and we're going to, thank you. We're going to throw like a big party and everything, because that's just like one of the biggest milestones I think you can have as a cancer survivor. So, um, that's a very big deal. And then, so I was in treatment for a year, 11 months total. Um, I had 15 rounds of chemo and six weeks of radiation and seven surgeries all in that time period. So, It was a very intense, um, intense battle, but they really didn't know how to treat what I had because it wasn't known. People didn't know what kind it was. It was so rare that only 40 people a year in the entire world get it. And it was very rare for a 12 year old to get it. And so no one knew what to do. They sent all of my information, my medical stuff around the world to try and figure out what was going on. And um, finally, this doctor in New York at Sloan Kettering um, said that he was dying to work with my case because he works with rare um, cases. And he ended up being my surgeon that pretty much saved my my life because he did everything that he could. And I couldn't have asked for a better doctor. And I went to pretty much the best hospital for what I had. So it was very. Um, so, did you fly there um, to see him, or did he come out? How did that work? So, my dad actually had work back east, and so he had an interview with him about the whole process and everything. And we instantly knew that he would be the right doctor for us. We interviewed multiple doctors around the country, and he, his name had come up multiple times. So it it kind of just felt like it was meant to be, and it was because he did. The best job anyone could have ever done. So,
0: what is his name? In case people are are interested for their own, you know, process. What is his name? His name is Doctor LaQualia. And so, how long did you? How long were you back east for? How long did your treatment take? Um, so, in your surgery.
1: So I had five rounds of chemo in the beginning of getting diagnosed to shrink the tumor before I could have surgery because it was too big to be taken out before I could have surgery. And so then I flew to New York and I lived there for a month. I stayed with my mom's best friend. She actually had an apartment like in downtown New York where the hospital was. And so we basically lived at her apartment for a whole month and I had to get checkups and stuff. I was in the hospital there for five days, which was shockingly short because I had... Yeah, that's what I was just
0: thinking when you said that.
1: Yeah, it was a 10 hour surgery and I had ribs reconstructed and half of my left lung was taken out because my tumor was touching it. And basically everything that the tumor touched, they took out and redid. And so I, I, to spend only five days in the hospital was so, so shocking to all the doctors and all the people there because I just healed really fast. And they sent me, Back to the apartment, and then I flew back to California and did ten more rounds of chemo plus six weeks of radiation on top of it um, to finish out my my treatment plan. How brave! How
0: brave you were to fly there to seek treatment, but also how fortunate it sounds that you had you know your mom's friend there with a safe place that you could stay while you recouped, and then flying back. Wow, that's that's really incredible. Um, and, and now you're cancer-free. Yeah. Congratulations. Well, I want to get into your musical journey. Um, and I also want to make sure people that you can go up, please go up to the website and you can check out all the playback artists. You can see a bio of, you know, their work, their story. And one thing that I thought was so cool about yours was they called you a musical monster, first of all, (laughs) which I want to acknowledge. Um, The song that you have up, which is called Just Drive, is so good. I think I've played it maybe five or six times. It's such a hit. Uh, Your vocals, your lyrics, all of it are just really, really catchy. So I want to talk about that song.
1: But first, let's back up a little bit. And I want to find out, how did you find out about the Play It Back program? So um, I actually was recommended to the Play It Back program by a Um, a child life specialist at the hospital I was getting treatment at. Her name's Kara. She was super involved with me when I was going through treatment. She was one of my favorite people that worked at the hospital. And I used to bring ukulele to the hospital and sing all the time. So she knew that I was very into music and creating my own music and wanting to record. I would record with like the music therapist there all the time. And so they knew that that was what I was meant to do. And when they heard about this program, they instantly sent it my way. And they were like, you have to do this. Like, it's so much fun. You'll meet people your age that have been through similar things and who want to do the same things as you. And instantly I just, yeah, it was a great choice to start doing it.
0: Well, it sounds like it was a perfect match. I did see that you started singing when you were really, really young Hmm. uh, and also musically playing some instruments. So you played piano and guitar, right? Yes. And then obviously a ukulele is the perfect thing that you can take anywhere you want to go. So tell me what was your first impression of getting
1: to meet Kenley? How did that, how did that go? Um, I'm pretty sure we like zoomed first just to kind of get just like a, a little like introduction thing before we went on. But then I, um, I went to the studio and met him in person and Instantly it was kind of awkward just cuz like I'd never like been with a producer before ever <laughs> like I'd never recorded my own music I had never written a song with somebody else so it was it was kind of scary you know because I was really <laughs> I was really new to it you know I had never really gotten super deep into it before and I think like the first day that I was there we started writing this song and it only took like a few sessions um to really get the gist of the song down and i remember we wrote most of it and then recorded it as like a demo and then he sent it to me the same day and i just remember driving home from santa monica and being just like oh my gosh i cannot believe i just did that like that sounds so cool i'd never heard myself like sound like that before <laughs> and just like the creation that went into it from both of us was so fun so it was overall a really good experience Kenley, do you want to talk about the first time that you met Sage? Yeah.
2: You know, it's funny because, like, to think about how I remember it. And, I i mean, I don't remember. We must have done a, a video chat, though. We must have done, like, a Zoom thing. Although that was sort of, like, pre-Zoom, right? Because that was pre-COVID.
1: We probably FaceTimed. Yeah, we
2: probably FaceTimed. Exactly. Yeah. We FaceTimed. And, I mean, I think, you know, I just remember her coming to the studio. And, I, you know, it's funny because I think that a lot of singers – are kind of like in a way a little shy because I think that we can kind of like we get our expression out a lot with singing, you know what I mean? And I don't want to say that Sage is shy. She could talk to anybody. I know Sage much better now than I did then, right? That was that was almost 2 years ago, but like but I definitely think there's another side of Sage that comes out when she starts to sing and she becomes very expressive and it's very deep and soulful. And I think that that was just what was kind of shocking, because I think that what happens with a lot of young people who go through this is there's a side of them that's extraordinarily mature, like surprisingly mature. And I realize, Sage, you're 17. Yeah. You know, I I think I met you maybe when you just turned 16 or maybe you're 15 or something. And so, like, you were mature then, too. I mean... It was pretty effortless. I do think that you know she just ran with it as far as the creation stuff. And a lot of what I do is I just kind of try to fill in the blanks with people. And I think with Sage you know, I think we all kind of look to Sage as like our kind of resident pro in many ways, because a lot of the, the playback artists, they're very talented, but Sage has a lot of performance under her belt, playing gigs, playing covers, you know, writing songs, has friends who are really musically talented that she kind of like, I don't want to say competes with, but like, you know, they inspire you. I think, I think I've heard stories from about your friends who are really good too. And so she's, you know, she's a little further down the path than a lot of everyone, a lot, a lot of the other playback artists. Um, and that all being said, like so, when she opened her mouth, I'm just like, oh man, you know, like we can do something really cool. Because as as a writer, yeah, I'm just like, course. what do I ha- what do I have to work with? Like, what's the range? Like, what's the style? You know, like where are we going with this? And so she played a few chords. I said, that's cool. Let's work with that. Like we just kind of ran with it. And I I think that Sage is right. Like we had a really good, big sounding demo by the time she left in a couple of hours. But then, and we and we worked on it a couple of sessions. But then COVID happened. So it was interesting because...
0: Right in the middle. Wow. Okay.
2: Yeah. And and so it was tricky because, you know, she really vibed with being in the same room, right? Sage, you would say like, being in the same room was awesome, right? We're just like, that's a good idea. This is a good idea. You know, maybe this, maybe that. And that was really fun for us. And being on Zoom was different and it was challenging. So we kind of pivoted in a way over the, you know, year on Zoom and... I basically, like, was doing a lot of, you know, sort of afar production, executive producing, whatever, in the sense, like, she'd play me something she's working on, and I'd be like, okay, and and we would talk about it. And And one of the things that I noticed that happened was <laughs> she would listen, <laughs> and she would run with it. So, like, she started to learn how to record herself with Logic. She started to write lyrics that were lyrics that maybe weren't lyrics that she would be like, Hey mom and dad, check this out. She'd, you know, be more like about like, you know, like it would be, if her parents didn't agree with the lyrics, that's like the way it is, you know? And that's something that we talked about. I love her parents they are extraordinarily supportive and I could relate to having my parents be supportive and being like, you know what? You have to come out of that and just do what feels right. Even if it might make your parents go, she thinks that, you know? So, (laughs) right. yeah. So there was that, but, but anyway, um, and so COVID happened. So we did a lot of that. And we did some like sort of production kind of I wouldn't call it lessons, but us talking about like what I did with the song, and then Sage actually said, you know, song's really cool, but maybe we can spruce it up. So she had sent me like a bunch of loops that she found on Splice, like mostly rhythm loops, mostly like drums and and stuff like that. And so then we infused that into the song. So we did a lot of production work on the song while we were uh, remote, and that really yeah. made the song. Yeah, that made the song a lot bigger. It made the song a lot more modern, and um, and I think we're both a lot happier with how it ended up because um, and it was from Sage, like kind of taking what we had talked about and running with it, finding loops, c- having ideas about production, you know, telling me what she thought, me kind of like following direction and adding to it, and it just made it so much better.
0: Let's take a listen to a clip of the early stage of the song, and we will be right back.
1: If you're If there's no need for you to stick, around and stay. If you're feeling tired and you don't understand your pain. da 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 da
0: Obviously it already sounds like it's going to be something great. So I'd love to to learn how the lyrics came to you, how the feeling came to you, you know, what really went into making this song besides just the instrumental portion?
1: Um, yeah. So I, during the time that we wrote this, I was, I just turned 16 and so I had like just gotten my driver's license and um, driving was a huge part of my life because I just wanted to drive so bad. The minute I turned 15 and a half, I got my permit. And the minute I turned 16, I got my driver's license. So it was very much in my head of I have to drive. This is the biggest thing you know, that I've done. So I was really into it. And I remember Kenley was like, well, what should we write about? And I was like, well, I don't really know. And he was like, well what's something that you do and i was like well i just got my driver's license and he was like okay let's write song about <laughs> driving and what driving does for you or like can relate to other people and that's when we came up with the line of like just drive which is the title of the song but it's also it has a deeper meaning because the first few lines are talking about if you're lonely and you need to get away you can just drive because you can mean that in a literal sense but it also can be seen as a not literal sense, because you can get away with driving from a bad situation. Or if you just really need to get out of something maybe in your head that's going on, you can just listen to music in your car. And I feel like that's kind of my escape in a way, because if I didn't have my driver's license, I wouldn't be able to just leave and go and like sit at the beach for a day or whatever and process But because of that, I feel like it's just this freedom element that is handed to us at young at a young age. And I feel like everyone can relate to that theme um, no matter how old you are and no matter if you just got your driver's license or you've had it for 30 years or whatever. So, you know, I feel like that was the main point of the song that we were trying to make.
0: It is completely relatable. Everybody can relate to it. Um, so I I love the whole concept of it. I can see, Kenley, you're shaking your head. Let's let's talk a little bit about what your thoughts were about it.
2: Well, I mean, I think that the car is a, you know, it's a very musical place for most people, especially, I would imagine, especially in this country, right? And, and especially, you know, in a place like Los Angeles or most places where we we drive a lot. You know, that was something that I missed when I lived in Manhattan. And by the way, Sage, the reason a big part of why I do what I do is because I happened to live eight blocks from Sloan Kettering. And so I I used to be 10 minute walking distance from Sloan Kettering and go and play in the hospital Mm. every week. And if I, you know, so I I know that hospital really well. I know a lot of the child life specialists. I think it's so, I didn't realize that they were the ones that that gave you the treatment and I just think that's so cool. Um, I love that. That place holds a, uh, you know, a special place in my heart. Um, and so getting back to driving, I mean, I think that I just read something about um, Prince's ex-girlfriend talking about when he would work on something, he'd be like, all right, let's get in the car and listen to mm-hmm. it, you know? And that's a big thing for us is, like, it's, it's this environment where, like, it, it's an escape, it's honest. Music, like, like, sonically, it's very honest, too, for engineers and people doing mixes. Like, you listen to it in your studio, but go in the car and hear what it sounds like because we listen to so much music in your car. If it sounds like the other music, that's a good sign. Yeah. You know, I mean, I have memories of driving with my, I I was just like you in that way. Like I turned, I grew up in Jersey. So when you turn 17 or 16, you get your your permit. Mm -hmm. That was right there with you. I know a lot of kids nowadays don't get their licenses. You might know some kids like that. I don't get that.
1: Yeah, I don't understand either.
2: Yeah. I was all about getting in the car. So so I love what you said so related to me in, in the, dri- you know, driving, getting away, getting out of your head, getting into your head, whatever you need, listening to music, especially in the car is so huge. So I just love that. And I will say, Erin, you know, she came up with this melody for the chorus. I, I kind of remember that we had something a little bit simpler. And then she did this like,
3: <laughs>
2: and I was like, My songwriter in my head was like, that's too hard to sing for everyone. It's too complicated. But she sounded so good singing it. It's and it's very catchy still. So it was one of those cases where I was just like, you know what? It sounds so good. I'm not going to fight her on it. It's just working. I'm just going to leave it. I'm so glad like I didn't like push for to change it because it's so good.
0: Yeah. I wanted to just go back a little bit as far as your family was concerned. Do you have siblings?
1: No, I'm an only child.
0: I'm an only child, too. Okay, (laughs) so Sage obviously this is your own personal journey, but you have parents and I always want to know what the family dynamics were. How, how were you guys able to maintain? I know you were flying back and forth. You have your parents. It's difficult. Mm -hmm. How, how are they able to help you during this process?
1: They definitely were very supportive and very sensitive to the fact that I was going through a lot and, I honestly, my brain has blocked out a lot of the memories that I have from going through treatment and everything like that, just because it was so traumatic that I don't think my my brain can like remember a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But I do remember my parents being there for me all the time, and they never left me alone with any of the doctors. But I also feel like I was so aware of everything going on and I was so cautious about everything that even if they weren't there, I feel like I would have been okay because I was very observant of the medications I was getting, who was giving it to me, how long things were supposed to go in for, what side effects I was going to have after. Like I was very, very, um, taking, I was very good at taking in the information. Uh, My parents were there to kind of reinforce that as like the adult person in my life, which was very helpful. I needed that at the time because I was only 12. But I feel like when you're faced with something like that, you instantly grow up and it's like, all right, now it's time to figure out how to live through this and how to get through this as easy as you can. Um, And my parents They're still the most supportive people I've ever met, even if it comes to the smallest things. They're very, very supportive. And I know my parents struggled a lot when I was sick, but they really did not show me um, that they were stressed or if they were anxious about anything. Because if it were to get to me anyway, I would have been even more stressed out than I was. And so it wouldn't have been a good dynamic, but they were very good about Um, kind of censoring what they would say or what they, how they would act because in any kind of situation, you have to be like that because it's very high stress and high anxiety environments that we were in most of the time. Well, as we always like to do, if we're lucky enough,
0: um, that's to bring in a family member. And today we're fortunate enough to have Kristen who's Sage's mom. Hi, Kristen. Hi, nice to see everybody and talk to everybody. It's so nice to see you. Yeah. So you know um this this program is such a special program and i always like to talk to to parents to find out what your feelings are about how sage got involved in the program and just a little bit about your your whole journey with her and having her go through this cancer treatment it's always so traumatizing for the parents, but I wanted to ask you. So when Sage was first diagnosed, how, how did that even come about? I forgot to ask that question. Was there some indication that something was wrong? There was, um, you know, she had been complaining to us
4: for probably like a month that her shoulder was hurting and she was having, you know, hard time sleeping at night. She was uncomfortable And she had just started middle school and she was playing volleyball pretty regularly. And she was biking to school, you know, it was three miles each way every morning. And so we just, you know, like most parents, we don't jump to any crazy conclusion. We just think, oh, she pulled a muscle. She is growing. I mean, I had growing pains as a kid. So we just kind of you know, kinda didn't make a lot of it. And then um music has always been such a part of her life. So I remember vividly we were having a campus tour of OSHA, um up in Orange. And um actually it's kind of ironic because it's right by Chalk Hospital. And um she went to lunch with us that day after the campus tour and just kind of broke down in tears. And, you know, she's a kid that doesn't really cry, so we uh, knew something was major and um, called, you know, I think that was on um, a Saturday, so called Monday morning and got the appointment to get her in. And pretty much uh, they got her in right away. And they're like, we don't feel anything. And, you know, again, she's growing and it was all this stuff. And they're like, well, Kristen, if it'll, you know, make it easier for you uh, to sleep well, let's go get an x-ray and then it just kind of snowballed from there. It was it was a kiwi-sized tumor in a rib cage, and it was very evident on the x-ray. And they let us leave. And then by the time I was walking in the front door, the phone was ringing, and they're like, please bring her back, come into emergency. And, and then it was off to Chalk Hospital. And it was just a crazy... It was crazy because even in my mind, they kept saying she has a tumor. I'm not thinking cancer. I'm thinking some weird you know, growth or whatever. I'm like not not going there in my mind. Um, and then they started throwing out all these different things of what they thought it could be. And my husband was like, do not Google it. Do not look at it, Kristen. Um, let's just take this day by day. And that's kind of what we did. And, you know, she was a trooper. She was young enough that we could kind of prevent her from knowing the really, really scary stuff. Um, You know, I don't think she really knew at 12, you know, that it could have been way worse than it was, even though it was horrible. And she never could have imagined in her wildest dreams um, what was coming her way. And obviously, as adults, we knew what was coming her way. But, um, yeah, we just tried to keep it really upbeat and positive. And music was a huge part of that uh, throughout the entire journey. She just... Uh, had been saying she wanted to do something musical and her grandma and grandpa got her a ukulele and it just kind of took off from there where she wrote her first song and was getting involved at the Seacrest studios in Chalk hospital and with the music therapist and the child life team there was unbelievable. And it was actually one of the child life specialists um, that recommended Sage be introduced to um, play it back.
0: That's fantastic and so now that she's gone through this process you've heard the song and songs yeah. plural mm-hmm. um that she's been able to do with kenley uh, what are your thoughts about the program in in general oh my gosh
4: i just love it i think it's such a, a a needed outlet for these kids any kid who has or young adult who has any interest in music from production to singing to playing Um, Just the fact that they can connect with other young adults um, in this kind of outlet versus just talking about their cancer, you know, it's like that's 99% of their world while they're going through it. So if they can even get a little bitty percentage of something else happening in their life that's positive while they're doing all that, it's just such a benefit to healing and good mental attitude and being able to take on each day with
0: whatever it throws at you. Kenley, do you have any thoughts?
2: It's so great to hear that. I agree. I think it's such a good observation, Kristen, about, you know, and I think that uh, I'm just happy that, you know, with all the different playback artists, obviously, especially with Sage, that we're all able to connect and to create and to, you know, everyone's in different phases, different music, different different people, different experiences, but they there is this community that has grown. It's been really awesome. It wouldn't have happened without COVID, actually, because I think, you know, Kristen remembers when she used to bring Sage to the studio. Before Sage drove, Kristen would come. They'd come all day, drive over an hour to come up here, and she'd bring her to the studio, which is amazing, by the way, that you would do yeah. that. And and um, and um, then, you know, COVID happened, and that's when we started to really, you know, incorporate mm-hmm. this group thing and have people from all over the country. And so now, you know, I had mentioned before that, you know, Sage is a very... I'm um, respected part of the group. You know, a lot of people look up to her, you know, in many ways, especially musically, but just as a person, she's a great person. And so it's just been really awesome to see it develop that way. And I'm just so happy that it, people get so much out of it. And I think to watch Sage grow the way she has in the last, you know, year and a half, almost two years, has just been like really exciting. She's very talented, obviously. I love what, what, what Sage said earlier about, like, you don't even have to be able to do music, that other people will help, you know, if you're not feeling well enough to do your music or we will go into the hospital. Like, it's like these, kid, I don't want to call them all kids, but the young people know the program as well as I do because they helped me build it, basically. You know, this is basically what it is. It's all of ours, you know, and so it's so beautiful to see. And um, not everyone has to be um, a professional artist like Sage has become, you know, but it's so cool to see that that's also, um, you know, possible, I guess, you know, but either way, I, you know, I just want to also thank Kristen for the support, you know, that, that she's given Sage and obviously hearing you talk about it, Kristen, about like, you know, it's just, it's just awesome.
4: Well, it's done so much for her as a, you know, a growing young woman and to kind of emerge from like the teen years into now the young adult years. And just to make the connections with all of you and the other young people that are, um, you know, having a benefit with the program. And then she speaks about it to people. Like if she hears about someone battling cancer and they even show any remote interest in music, she talks about the program. Um, So she's always been a pretty vocal Um, proponent of things that she's passionate
0: about. So she's a good ambassador.
2: (laughs) Definitely. Definitely.
0: I would say that you are as well. And thank you for taking some time with us just to share your experience and your support and everybody that's listening to this right now. This is what we talk about all the time. It's a community collaboration of families, children, music, ideas, excitement, you know, passion. That's what this is about. So I really, really appreciate you taking some time.
4: Thank all of you for what you do and just for supporting all these amazing kids and their families and letting them have a place to share their feelings and just connect with others. It's it's just a really beautiful thing. And I only see good things coming from here. Beautiful music and beautiful connections.
2: Yeah. Thank you. That's great.
0: Thank you so much,
2: everybody.
0: Um, let's go back. I want to go back to the song again. And I, and I, there was a question I wanted to ask you, which was
1: after you heard the first pass, what did you think about it? What were your thoughts? Um, I definitely was just so shocked that that's what we did in like two hours. (laughs) I was definitely not expecting that because I, again, I'd never gone through anything like that before. Um, And it was just a whole new experience. I mean, I was just really happy with what we created. And that was only the first session. So I knew that after a few more, it was just going to be 10 times better than what we had already made. Um, And I think it definitely shows that I'm just now being here and just seeing the progression that that song has gone through is crazy because I remember hearing it for the first time in the car and just being like, wow, that is (laughs) so cool. So... (laughs)
0: So how long after did you guys go back to work? So that was the first time that you were in the live studio with Kenley. And then you ended up doing the rest on zoom, correct?
1: I think we did like two or three in person and then it was online after that. Sure. Kenley, do you have some thoughts?
2: Yeah, I was going to say there were two or three sessions that we were in person. And then the COVID thing happened and we had to regroup and figure out how we we're going to continue. And once we started to we got a little space from the song we got a little distance from the song which is really helpful and something that doesn't always happen in modern music making because we can do things pretty quickly I think a lot of people who do what we do we know that like by the end I've been told explicitly by managers like you know we wanted this if it doesn't sound like a record by like the end of the four hour session like make it sound like that. Like basically like that's how you get people to be excited, you know? And uh, anyway, so yeah, so we all know how to make stuff sound really great really quickly, but the truth is that most 90% of the music that we listen to, You know, I mean, if you want to go back to like the standards of like the Beatles, or even if you're thinking of like Post Malone or all these amazing artists that are, you know, popular now, or, you know, Billie Eilish or whoever, like that doesn't take four hours. Like that's not what that, that's not what happens. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of like sitting on it and being like, is this right? Is this new? Does this sound fresh? Am I copying something? Is there something interesting that we could do to this to give it more of a signature sound or part or whatever? So like that backing off. And being able to be like, okay, this is really cool, but like, what can we do? Allowed Sage to be like, you know what? Like, I want to infuse more modern sounds to this song, you know? And the, the cool thing is that like, that's not really, as far as I know, like what Sage's sort of musical vision in the moment really was, like for her, all of her stuff. But I think she was playing with it and she listens to so much stuff. I mean, I don't want to speak for Sage, but I, I think we talk about music enough for me to know that she listens to so much stuff. And she was like, I just want it to sound more like this. And so we did that, and I think it made it so much better when we just had time to, like, give it love. And I think that's something that I would say to creators out there is, like, you don't need, like, there's definitely you want to finish, but you don't need to rush.
0: Wonderful. Well, I think we should listen to the mid part of this song journey. I, I, I'm so excited. Okay, so let's, let's listen to this, and then we'll be right back. You just dropped. Okay. Do you guys have thoughts about this midsection? Cause I do. <laughs> tell tell me what you thought when now you've gone back again, you've done all this work, Sage. What was
1: it starting to feel like for you? It was definitely starting to feel like a journey. And I knew that it was gonna take a while to get exactly what we wanted, but I wasn't upset about it. You know, I was going with the flow and it was coming every time I would listen to the new thing that we would make, it was you know, making it so much more exciting because I was like, wow, we really can just improve every single time that we work on this. And I had never seen that before. And so that was really, really fun, but I was um, a little nervous because I knew everything was going to be on zoom and I don't work well being online with someone and sharing feedback um, like that. Um I work. was
2: like you're driving right now. Yeah, buddy. I
1: know. The mailman is like outside
2: <laughs> and, she, and she puts her truck into 11th gear. Yeah,
1: I was like, all right, that's great driving. Yeah, so I just, the improvements were really great, but the Zoom thing was definitely a struggle because I work so much better with just being with someone in the room. And being on Zoom is like, when you're creating something, it's very hard for me. I don't know why, but I just it doesn't work well. And so I would Kenley would be like, "Okay, you go and work on it for like 20 minutes by yourself and then come back and then show me what you did instead of us like trying to come up with something because it just wouldn't work. I I wouldn't I can't do it." So I we w- we would work like that and it would come out to be like very good and that's just the way we've been working, honestly, like this whole time. So it's very useful to like have that as an option.
2: Kenley? Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, I'll say this. It's hard. It's definitely hard. And especially someone who's who's a musician like Sage, because Sage plays guitar. She plays p- piano. She plays ukulele. She improvises vocally with all this stuff. It's like, you know, it, we all want to be in the moment creating. Like, I remember we had, I think you you might have been there, Sage, but like in talking to, like we had Benny Blanco on one of our group calls and Benny's a very prolific, very successful songwriter. And it was obvious that he was very frustrated without not being able to get people in the room with him. You know, it is frustrating and we made it work. And and truthfully, you know, the best thing that we've learned to do with the Zoom thing is we do a lot of delegating. We do like, OK, I'm going to work on the track. You work on the lyrics or I'm going to work on the drums and you work on a guitar part. And let's reconvene in 20. You know, that happened a lot, you know, or I'll mute myself and you mess with this or or you figure out a background part and then you can send it to me. I mean, I've had stuff where I'm like, oh, she's saying something over you know an improv thing and she literally I'm like do it now and she's like well my mic's not here I was like sing it into your phone and send it to me and we have that like in the song where she sings a part in her phone and we put it into the track and I messed it up a little bit so it doesn't sound like it's supposed to sound pretty and it works you know you gotta just you gotta utilize what you've got that's really what it is
0: you know what's interesting about that is that For example, Sage, there are so many times now that you're really getting into the songwriting phase where you will have opportunities to work and write with people around the world. That's something that I do all the time. And it just opens up your world so much more and gives you so many more opportunities. So although COVID happened and you were forced into an uncomfortable situation, you've really rallied for the cause and you've done really great work. I can tell just by the way that you're speaking about the whole process too, that that was just a minor thing. And you were able to get over that so quickly that that's really just given you more skills that you're now able to use for for everything else. So I'm proud of you for doing that because it is difficult at first, but we live in in such a different world now, COVID aside, but we do have opportunities that are around the world. And so now you're going to be able to share in those.
1: Yeah, that's very true. Adapting to, I think a lot of people had to adapt to the Zoom thing because um, people still had to work and people still had to collab with everyone. And so, I mean, songwriting over Zoom is not uncommon now. So I've definitely done it a bunch of times and FaceTime as well with other people. We've written a lot of songs over, over this. So it's good. Yeah. That's
0: fantastic. Okay. So I want to ask you, did Benny help you with this song or was it on another song?
2: No, Benny hasn't helped us with those with songs in particular, although he's listened to stuff and sort of been like, Oh, I like this part of that part. But I was just alluding to the, to the idea that even like, especially like the people who are, you know, essentially Benny's a legendary producer and songwriter, and he was having a lot of trouble with not being in the room with people. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's something that I mean he's probably adapted since then because that was probably pretty early with all this. But I, I agree with you, Aaron. I think that it is an opportunity to collaborate with people you never would collaborate with. And I'll say this. It's just gonna get easier because I think that we're gonna start to be able to do stuff even closer to real time as it goes. You know, some genius is gonna figure out how to make it feel like it's in real time somehow. And um we're gonna do that. But right now we're, you know, we're using Zoom, which has definitely been great for musicians they have you know advanced audio settings and those sorts of things but they're still like not at least an affordable option i don't even know if there's really an option that we can be collaborating in real time where i could play guitar and you can sing along and it sounds like you're in the pocket with me you know so that'll be great and when that happens i think that sage's tune might change a little bit figuratively speaking about it but i get it like i think there's just some people who are just like you know what like I really want to be in the room. You know what I mean? So let's do what we can, you know, this sort of thing. And, sure. um, you know, I I think she's, you know, I don't want to speak about you Sage, like you're not here. I know you're here, but like, she's one of of these people who like is a pure singer songwriter. Like I know you sit on your bed Sage and you write songs and like, that is great. And that's awesome. You know, there's this whole, you know, that's like the, the culture of it, you know, is expressing yourself, you know? And I think that, you know, I'll just say that Sage is a very mature person. I think that there, when you mentioned that you forgot a lot about what you went through, I think there's probably a lot of stuff in there, in your being, in your, you know, your makeup that's going to kind of like come into what you're doing because I think you're going to realize something, you know, you're just, it's going to kind of like come out in your, um, in your writing. And I think it already has. I think there's like this, this growth that's going on, which is really exciting. And, um, and I'll say that I, I imagine that it might be scary at some points, but I'll say, roll with it. No one ever has to hear it. You know what I mean? Just do your. Scary
0: thing. is exciting. Yeah. And I've I've mentioned this before in other shows. You know, when you can make a lot of mistakes in a very safe environment, you're onto something good. That's the whole point. You throw things out. Some of them stick. Some of them don't. Doesn't matter. You put the pieces together, and then you create whatever it is that you want. Yeah. You know, that's the whole creative process. And it, it sometimes is actually shocking what comes out of it. Yeah, we
1: actually have um, an experience with that. Um, when we were writing the song, I was playing piano in Kenley's studio and I hit a random chord on accident. I like didn't mean to do it. And he was like, what is that? That's good. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what this is, but we'll use it. And at, towards the end of the song it changes a little bit and you can hear it but it's not like a huge change but you can definitely notice and that's when we kind of reversed the chords in a way of what we were playing originally and it gave the end of the song like this whole new like version of it and it was very cool because it was a mistake like we didn't mean to do it and it just came out like that and now every time i listen to that part i'm like yeah that was on accident (laughs) I love that. You just that I'm going to use that quote for the rest of my <laughs> life because
0: that's exactly what happened. That's really, really cool. Well, I want to get I want to get into the last part of this where we listen to more of the final product. But before I do that, I just want to ask you, what are your what are your takeaway thoughts about the play it back
1: program? What has it taught you and what have you learned from this whole experience? I've definitely gotten to experience more of what it's like to collab with other artists and to collab with Kenley because I, like I've said, I didn't really work with a real producer before songwrite with anyone that um, was around the same level as me. And so I've worked with a bunch of the playback artists, actually, and we've created some really cool things. and it's crazy how you can collab with someone and instantly just produce a song because I have friends that are that live here and we can't even do that in person. So it's crazy to just relate. It's I think it's the relatability and just the emotions that we all experience that go into the song. Um, And if you're collabing with someone who's a completely different style than you, then that's even more fun because Then you can create something and kind of mash up um, genres, which is really interesting. And most people don't do that. So I thought that was really fun. I've done that a few times also. And I definitely take away new friends from it, too. I'm, I'm really close with a bunch of the people. And some of them I haven't even met in real life, but I'm still really close to them. Um, So how did you end up collaborating with them? Was that something that you brought or suggested,
0: Kenley?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, since it has become a group, you know, I mean, it is a community that everyone has shared different songs and gets an idea for what they do. And I mean, I pretty much think across the board, everyone's like, I want Sage to sing on my track. I want Sage to put her voice on this or that. It's one thing to have gone through these experiences, these cancer experiences as a young person. And on one hand, it doesn't define you, right? Like Sage is going to go on and be an artist and play shows and like no one knows what she's gone through. And that's fine. You know what I mean? But on the other hand, it does contribute to what you've become, like it or not, you know? And so this whole group can embrace that even if they have to share it with everyone else. Like they all know, we all know that like we've all gone through, everyone's gone through some stuff and we're supporting each other and it's inspirational, you know? And so it's really beautiful and everyone's got their spot, you know, and Sage has her spot and like, you know, it's a great spot to be in because she's really inspiring a lot of people. She's, it's not everyone who can, you know, as they say, sing the phone book and make it sound good. Sage is definitely one of those people, you know, it, and it doesn't, it doesn't, everyone says talent. Like I can guarantee you that, cause I know other people like Sage and, and I'm not as good like that as Sage and I wasn't at that age, but I definitely like Sage probably did wake up every morning when she was six years old and sing all day long. Like, I know she did that. Is
0: that true, Sage? <laughs>
1: that's very yeah. true, very true. Yeah,
2: That's how it happens. That's how you're able to have a voice that you have that kind of depth to and control and freedom because she just had the love and she did it since she was a kid. And the cancer thing, you know, fortunately was, I don't want to say a blip because I know it was a big deal in her life, but it was like something that ultimately is going to contribute to her her artistic vision and her depth, you know?
0: Sure. Well, yeah. I've, I've mentioned this before and that is you know, circumstances come to you in mysterious ways. You know, this was your path and you saw it, you recognized it, you went for it. And that's scary sometimes, really putting yourself out like that. You're still young. So you've it presented it to you and you took it and you did a great job. Uh, Let's, on that note, let's listen to the final clip uh, so everybody can hear where this song went to. You
1: just drunk.
0: back so okay final thoughts final thoughts on the song final thoughts on on everything
1: yeah I mean this song was just overall so much fun to do and like we had said we did take a break from this song and we came back to it like months later and kind of reconvened and you know had the vision set you know after some time of letting it sit for a little bit Um, and I think that's what's needed in creating songs is you work on it for so like such a good amount of time. And then you just have to take a step back and just see, okay, like let's go work on something else and then we'll come back to it. And always new ideas will come if you do that. And I think that's what made this song really amazing is we took that time to process um, everything that we had created so far. Um, And I just really love this song because it was the first song that me and Kenley ever really did. And for us to, be able to have released it and um, put it on the playback website was huge because I don't think someone had done that yet, like actually released it and um, put it on platforms like Spotify and Apple Music for people to hear. And so that was um, a really big accomplishment that we really wanted to make happen. So overall, it was just a great experience. And I'm very proud of it. So
2: Wonderful. Can you want to say something? Yeah, I do want to say something. You know, sure. One, you know, I always get to learn from everyone too, right? And besides, like musical, you know, discoveries, which Sage has shown me so much music that I didn't know existed, um, as a lot of the young artists do. Sage has this amazing um, habit, I'll call it, to finish. She's just like, and I love it because. A lot of us, it's hard to let go of something. It's hard to know when it's done. And she's just like, let's get it done. Let's get it done. You know, I know this took a little longer because we had COVID. And that was the only reason it took a little longer. And also, maybe we, ha- we had a new relationship. We didn't know each other as well as we know each other now. And she can tell me, like, you know, let's do this, let's do that. Where back then she's like, I don't, maybe she didn't know the boundaries of like what this was, right? As we're all discovering, this was a new program. But she's just like, You know, it's really, you know, it brings me back to, like, the Prince thing. Like, you hear about Prince having a vault of songs. Like, you know, Sage keeps going this way. She's going to have a vault of songs. And the beauty of that is, like, not every song has to be the best song you've ever written. But you know you're going to have a few of these songs that are amazing. And that's going to be the kind of thing that's going to make people want to come and see you live or hear you sing and make you better and just have fun doing this whole thing, you know, as opposed to being so precious about everything. So I think it's awesome. And I've learned that from Sage. She's, I'm still learning that.
0: I concur Dr. Mattis. (laughs) And I'm really looking forward to the future and hearing about, you know, where you go with your music and, and, which direction you take in life. It's been just a pleasure speaking with you today. There's one last thing that I always like to ask people um, before we wrap this up. And that is for the people that are just now either going through treatment or learning about the program or have made it up onto the website, what words of encouragement do you have for them?
1: I would say if you're just getting into the program and you're still going through treatment and everything like that I would just say to do everything that you can because the more you get involved with it the more fun it's going to be for you and I think that when you're going through something that traumatic and that scary I think this is definitely a way to get away from that and you can have sessions in the hospital. If you're getting treatment in the hospital, you could create a song in the hospital, which is so amazing. You can't do that at a normal recording studio. So it's very awesome to have that as a possibility. And even if you don't feel up to doing something like that, if, you, if you're if you too sick and you're, you don't want to, there's always people that will collab with you and help you create something that, is like a drum beat or like if you just want to like beatbox or something like there's always something that someone knows how to do so it's a very great community to be in no matter the situation and I just think that if you're involved in the program to do as much as you can because there's so many opportunities and so many events and so many people to meet, and lots of opportunities with celebrities to work with you which is really cool So I just think there's lots to offer.
2: Wow, that's awesome, Sage. She said it better than I could have said it.
1: (laughs) I think better than I could say, too. I'm going
2: to say this uh, for Sage because I think that, you know, she, you know, said, I'll, I'll just say this. Whoever's listening should definitely search Sage on Spotify, Sage Escalante, because I'm sure that by the time you hear this, she's gonna have a record out, she's gonna have a lot more songs going on, and that's just the way she goes. so I guarantee you that you'll be hearing lots of cool music from her, and that's really exciting for all of us because it's kind of we're her cheerleaders too. you know she's such a go getter and she's so talented, and she's also really just got her stuff together she's really organized and and she's just I think she knows she's meant to do this, and she's gonna make it happen, so I love that, so yeah, whoever's listening, go check it out. you know, become a fan you you likely will. She's just awesome person and awesome songwriter, musician, singer, instrumentalist, all that stuff so
0: well, congratulations on the five year mark yeah thank you so congratulations much. on really working hard. It's very exciting to see and to hear, and I look forward to seeing what happens in the future for you. And I really appreciate you spending some time with us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Thank you. It was fun. Thanks, we'll see guys. you soon. Okay. That's
2: super awesome. Thanks both of you.
1: Okay. We have an exclusive for you. Please
0: go to our website, teencanceramerica.org, go to the playback program and you can listen and stream the full song of Just Drive and learn much more about Teen Cancer America and this exceptional program. Also, this is really important. This is a call out to you. If you're interested in contributing to our playback program, maybe you're a musician, singer, engineer, drop us a note through the website and let us know. We would love to hear from you. Last but not least, thank you for listening. And thank you for sharing our stories. Next week, I'll be back with another incredible Play It Back artist. So stay
3: tuned. The Real Me is presented by Teen Cancer America and produced by Pantheon Podcasts, Hosted by Erin Alden. Produced by Christian Swain and Erin Alden. All music performed by the Play It Back music players led by Kenley Mattis. Sound design by Jerry Danielson. And please... Visit teencanceramerica.org to listen to today's full song and to find out more information on these amazing young people. And if you can, please donate. Even the price of a cup of coffee will greatly be appreciated by us. And anything you can do to help these young people will be richly rewarded, I'm sure.
0: Love Target? Well, you're about to love it even more. Target's new Red Card Reloadable saves you 5% every Target trip, in-store and online, and doesn't require a bank account or credit check to get approved. Target.com slash Red Card to get all the details. Restrictions apply.
5: It's NFL Draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football